Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Levin, and believe it or not, I'm on the air. Our number is 877 We've have been having significant technical issues with cable and other things that we're working on here. So I'm broadcasting from a second bunker, the location of which I shall not inform you about. Is it sounding okay, Mr. Producer? Not too much echo or anything like that? All right. The media will never find me. They'll never find me. The other day I asked a question. I want to I wanna pursue this further. I want to play what Mitch McConnell said in relevant part. I want to play what the president said today, which was fantastic. And let me say this, too. We're going to miss Donald Trump. We're going to miss him, not because of flamboyance and so forth, but because he was a fantastic president from his substantive point of view. And what you see happening now with Biden coming in and the, the Democrats controlling the House by 10 or 11 votes, the Senate by really no votes, is an effort to continually change America, remake America, because America sucks, you see. I was thinking the other day, this country's, what, 65% Caucasian. And by the way, a lot of people are thrown into that category who may not be, but okay, let's play with the numbers. It's amazing to hear politicians who are not Caucasian just trash the hell out of the majority. Or the media, many of whom are Caucasians, trash the hell out of the majority. My point is this, in other societies, in other countries, you wouldn't get away with that. But we're such a beneficent people, I mean all of us, regardless of background. We're such a diverse people from point of view, from ancestry, faith, whatever you have, 
that it's tolerated. So free speech, that is hate speech, against a significant percentage of the American people, whether it's because of their race, whether it's because of their belief system, whether it's because they're conservatives or Republicans and so forth, that's tolerated. That's tolerated. But other forms of speech are not tolerated. So I have a question, which I touched on the other day. How come vile, hateful, poisonous speech that comes from Democrats, that comes from the media, that come from these professors and others they put on CNN and MSNBC, and you hear them all day long, how come that doesn't lead to violence? Why is it assumed that that doesn't incite rioting, that that doesn't incite uh, uh, all kinds of arson and looting and all the rest, whether it's this summer. How do we know they didn't incite the attack on January 6th? I'm not spinning. I'm not diverting. But it is constant. It was all day long today. All day long today. Why is it assumed that they don't incite violence? Why is it assumed that Joe Scarborough, Mika Brzezinski, and the conga line of buffoons that they bring on, they're calling people neo-Nazis and other things, white supremacists, why is it assumed that that doesn't incite violence? Why is it assumed that Chuck Todd is not inciting violence? Or George Stephanopoulos? Or Zucker, who runs CNN? Why is it assumed that the kind of language they use, the way they trash millions and millions of Americans, that they don't frustrate people and cause them to act out? Why is that? I know why, because they control the vast majority of the media. I got it. And I wrote about this. The book's called Unfreedom of the Press. Because the press practices what the Democrat Party practiced. Because so many in the press were or are or will be Democrat operatives, Democrat consultants, Democrat uh, members of some administration. Just look at the lineup. Look at the lineup. Jake Tapper was a Democrat Hill staffer. And I and a, uh, a director of communications for handgun controlling. Stephanopoulos. He ran the war room for Clinton that trashed women. You remember him. Chuck Todd, his entire family's Democrat. His wife is still a Democrat operative. And he worked for Tom Harkin when he was in college. And we can go on and on and on with these people. So why is it assumed that they're not the ones inciting violence? As a matter of fact, the more they try to tamp down liberty, the more they try to tamp down speech, the more they work with the same Democrats on the boards and in the executive offices of these major big tech corporations trying to choke off real debate. Why isn't it assumed that they're not creating violence? I would argue they are, and lots of it. They even cheer it on. Don Lemon defended Antifa. All of them defend Black Lives Matter. These are violent Marxist, anarchist organizations that have done enormous violence and enormous damage to our cities. I mean, think about this, and I've said this before, but it's worth remembering. If Donald Trump had been re-elected president, there would have been riots in our streets. Remember all the small business people who boarded up their windows? So Biden's going to be sworn in tomorrow. No riots in the streets. None. Why is that? Meanwhile, 
Meanwhile, you're seeing tyranny. You're staring it in its face, the tyranny of the left, the tyranny of the Democrat Party, and I might add, the tyranny of the Republican establishment. You're seeing it. There is an effort to shut down cable TV, that is Fox in particular. Not by going after their advertisers. Media Matters started this, so it's picked up in the whole left-wing Democrat Party media. But by going after their cable servers, Comcast and others, to make it impossible for you to even receive these programs. They want to go after AON. They want to go after Newsmax. They're going after radio hosts. They're lying. The Washington Post, Paul Ferry, lied through his teeth when he suggested a memorandum went out from Cumulus to all of the hosts. He says to me, well, well, I never said it was you. You implied it. My photograph was in the story. What the hell did you think you were doing? And every article since says I was admonished. I wasn't admonished by anybody. And by the way, I won't tolerate it anyway. Neither was Dan Bongino. Neither was Ben Shapiro. Yet it's repeated, and it's endlessly repeated. Because the truth doesn't matter. The narrative matters. They now want to go after podcasts. They're telling Amazon and the others, Google, Apple, I suppose, shut off the podcasters, shut down the social media, social media, radio, cable TV, the podcasts. And while we're at it, Let's deprogram all these Trump supporters. They don't agree with us. So we're going to count them among the neo-Nazis and the fascists and all the rest of them. 74, 75 million. Listen to these people, but they're not inciting anything. They're for unity. And you're going to hear this all during Biden's speech. I know who Biden is. Biden is a pathological liar. He is a plagiarist. Biden has made a fortune, the whole family has, off the communist Chinese. Biden destroyed many careers. Bob Bork, he went after Clarence Thomas, and he went after many more. Biden is fundamentally a very stupid man. We know this from 47 years. And he will be played and pushed by the left as he is already. But a man of unity, he is not. That he's not. He's not a statesman. He's not a class act. And I intend to ignore, ignore the inauguration. You shouldn't even go there. But I'm going to act like a whole bunch of Democrats did four years ago when Donald Trump was being inaugurated and they chose not to show up. I'm not showing up in terms of watching it. The same Democrats, four years of Russia collusion, the Obama administration with Biden, Spies in the FBI into the uh, Trump campaign. Violations of law with respect to the FISA court. Leaking endlessly to the media. Unmasking innocent people. Leaking their names to the media. Using the Logan Act to go after General Flynn. And it goes on and on and on with the phony dossier. The phony pretext for a criminal investigation. That's what met Donald Trump. But now we all have to unite, you see. We all have to unite because we all attack the Capitol building. We're all responsible. We're all white supremacists and neo-Nazis. Even the Jews among us. Even the blacks and the Hispanics and the, and the Asians among us. We're all white supremacists. Because they said we were. But don't worry, they want unity. Well, there's unity and there's unity. 
There's unity in tyranny. And there's unity of ideals and principles. What the Democrats are calling for is unity in tyranny. I have clips here of things that were said on cable TV today that would make your hair stand on end. It's just unbelievable what's been said. I don't even have time to play it all. Let me give you an example. And none of these people are accused of inciting a damn thing. Representative Jamal Bowman, Democrat, New York. Congress must stop spreading the myth of American exceptionalism and deal with racism throughout all our institutions. Allison Camerata to Stephen Hassan, who's some kind of cult guy, I guess, on CNN. How do we deprogram the Capitol Hill rioters? They don't mean the Capitol Hill rioters. They need to go to prison. They need you Trump supporters. Joy Reid on MSNBC, if there ever was a poisonous mouth, it's hers. A lot of people are just not used to seeing the military secure whites and conservatives. Steve Schmidt on MSNBC, this guy's making a fortune of his character assassination or Lincoln Project. They will not write their history. We will write their history. Rashida Tlaib, today, Israel's not vaccinating Palestinians. Quote, important to know Israel is a racist state. Israel has no intention of carrying or allowing equality. Chuck Todd on MSNBC today. The 1776 Project, which is an outstanding project. My wife worked on that, too. A commission that put out this report. What did Howard University think about that thing Trump put out? That thing, you know, the defense of the Declaration of Independence. That's what we're getting in the media. Hate speech. Vile speech. Speech that incites. Speech that incites from the media and their guests. But don't worry, Mark. No, no, no. Unity. Unity. Well, we've seen certain types of unity under repressive, tyrannical regimes, which is what these people are pushing. They're destroying the foundations of this country with this endless race allegation. They're destroying the foundations of this country with an attack on communication, speech among public uh, citizens. No, everybody isn't violent. Everybody isn't inciting a resurrection. And just because we don't agree with this hard-left, neo-Marxist, democratic socialism, progressive agenda doesn't make us Nazis. How do we know that all these people I just mentioned aren't at least in part responsible for inciting these nutjobs, these militaristic types who charged the Capitol building, or the ones who charged the White House, or the ones day in and day out who charged the federal courthouse in Portland. How do we know they're not responsible? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. 
That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. The word unity. Very important, the Republicans show unity now, you see. Tell me, where did the Washington Post promote unity during the Trump inauguration? Where did the New York Times promote unity during the Trump inauguration? Where did CNN or MSNBC promote unity during the Trump inauguration? They were caught off guard, and they swore to his demise, wittingly and unwittingly, mostly wittingly. Unity. Where did they show unity? Where did the media show unity? Where did the media tell the Democrats to stand down? As a matter of fact, when did Obama tell the Democrats to stand down and show unity? When did Biden tell the Democrats to stand down and show unity? How about Pelosi and Schumer? Did they ever promote unity? Not for a second did they promote unity. But now you see the establishment Republicans, we've got to show unity. We've got to show unity. So we're going to help have a trial against the outgoing president who will soon be a private citizen. We're going to have a trial now. We're going to show unity. We're going to condemn that president. We're going to throw him over the edge. He's done. As Mitch McConnell said, he basically wants to chase off not Trump, but the Trump movement. And we all know Mitch McConnell leads the Republican Party, right, America? Because he gets elected from Kentucky. Now, I'm going to play you what Mitch McConnell had to say, and I'm going to play the president's comments later. But I want to play you what Mitch McConnell had to say. And Mitch McConnell now, the left hates him and they love him. Because they know he's nothing but a deal maker. He's completely void of principle. Oh, look at all the judges he got through. As I said, he's completely devoid of principle. He didn't get judges through because they were constitutional conservatives. He got them through because they were Republicans, which is fine, fine. But honestly, any any blow-up doll could have done that under the circumstances that we had here. But what about the rest of his Do you know he's the longest-serving Republican leader in Senate history? And it's not even close. Over 13 years. Over 13 years. I'll be right back. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. 
That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. with passion. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now. 877-381-3811. I would say this to the people at the New York Times and the Washington Post. These corporations covered up the Holocaust. That is, to the extent they reported anything, they pushed it to the back pages. They were mouthpieces for the Franklin Roosevelt administration and his State Department. They didn't want the American people to know about the systemic anti-Semitism and the slaughter of the European Jews. So the New York Times and the Washington Post obeyed. They obeyed. You see, I work for Blaze TV. I'm a part owner, truth be told. I work for Westwood One Cumulus. I work for the Fox News Channel. None of these entities, of course, would ever have censored the systemic, the systemic slaughter in the most horrific way of the Jews. And so I ask you a question, ladies and gentlemen. Why? Why do media outlets put Rashida Tlaib on their networks once she's a Jew-hating anti-Semite? Why do they put Ilhan Omar on their networks when she's a Jew-hating anti-Semite? Why do they do that? And they've had professors on their programs that are Jew-hating anti-Semites. And what about the Democrat Party? You don't see... Republicans in Congress who are Jew-hating anti-Semites. You only see them in the Democrat Party. Now, does that incite violence? Does that incite hate? Pretty shocking, isn't it, really, when you think about it? I want to get back to Mitch McConnell. I want you to hear what Mitch McConnell said today. He's been meeting with Chuck Schumer, begging him to share power begging him not to destroy the filibuster rule. I guess Mitch McConnell doesn't really know who Chuck Schumer is. And notice the unity that is spreading all over Washington, into our towns and cities, into our villages, all over America. You can see the unity. It's one massive kumbaya moment, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? 
the righteous left and the neo-Nazis and the Republican Party all holding hands, joining with one another. The white supremacists with white privilege all joining hands with black lives. Are, oh, what? The unity's breaking out all over the place. Read today's New York Times and Washington Post. There's unity, page after page, editorial after editorial. Watch CNN. Watch Chuck Todd. Oh, my God, the unity. It's unbelievable. They want unity. No, they don't. Here's what they want. Conformity. There's a difference between unity and conformity. And they demand conformity. Conformity is a tyrannical form of unity. It's not voluntary. It's not spiritual. It's not soulful. It is compelled. And that is what you're watching. And Mitch McConnell is too stupid, too much in his own bubble, too self-centered for his own power to even understand it. And so are his sycophants in the United States Senate. So here's Mitch McConnell on the floor of the Senate today. Cut one, go. The last time the Senate convened, we had just reclaimed the Capitol from violent criminals who tried to stop Congress from doing our duty. The mob was fed lies. They were provoked by the president and other powerful people. Now let's stop right there. He has no evidence to support that assertion of any kind. Whatsoever. None. Other powerful people, I don't know who he means. President of the United States? Does he mean his Senate colleagues? Who challenged who challenged the votes? Or 140 House members who challenged? They incited violence by following their constitutional role or as they interpreted it? While Chuck Schumer's got designs on the U.S. Supreme Court and the Electoral College and ramming through legislation, the president provoked violence when there's absolutely nothing in a speech that provoked anything? Oh, no, no, you don't understand. It feels like it. He was sending a message. He was projecting it. He organized that mob. No, he didn't. He told them to patriotically and peaceful go to the Capitol. We've heard worse than that from Democrat after Democrat after Democrat. From House, excuse me, from media personality after media personality after media personality. And so this is the big lie, to quote Joe Biden who quotes Goebbels, this is the big lie that we're going to hear for the rest of the time. And it's being mouthed and repeated by Republicans. Go ahead. Tried to use fear and violence to stop a specific proceeding of the first branch of the federal government, which they did not like. But we pressed on. We stood together and said an angry mob would not get veto power over the rule of law in our nation, not even for one night. And by the way, there was never any doubt. That's why this violent group that attacked the Capitol building were not only criminals, but they were insane. Go ahead. And by the way, I wish McConnell would have given a speech like this when the White House was attacked and Donald Trump and his family were taken to the bunker. Go ahead. We certified the people's choice 
with their 46th president. Tomorrow, President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Harris will be sworn in. We'll have a safe and successful inaugural right here on the west front of the Capitol, the space that President Bush 41 called democracy's front porch. And then we'll move forward. Our work for the American people will continue as it has for more than 230 years. There are serious challenges that our nation needs to continue confronting. But there will also be great and hopeful opportunities for us to see. All right, so he goes on. Not one word that I'm aware of about what's actually happening throughout the country. The attack on free speech in virtually every speech and communication platform in the country. That is very, very vital. That is very serious, what's taking place in this country. I told you there's different types of tyrannies. There's the tyranny that you saw at the Capitol building. There's the tyranny you saw at the White House, at the federal courthouse, in the streets where people are trying to literally overthrow cities and overthrow governments. A pox on all their houses. But then there's the tyranny of those who present themselves as proper, who dress well, who get elected. Our Constitution exists to protect us from both tyrannies. Both and all tyrannies. That's why we're a republic. So when people charge the Capitol building, they threaten our nation. When people charge the White House, they threaten our nation. When people try to shut down federal buildings, they threaten our nation. And when people in the Capitol building, in the Capitol building, try to destroy separation of powers, whether it's abuse of the impeachment clause, whether it's attempting to try somebody who's a private citizen under the constitutional political impeachment clause, which has nothing to do with that, whether they try to turn the Supreme Court into a mouthpiece for their agenda, whether they try and destroy the deliberative nature of the United States Senate, whether they try to destroy the Electoral College and impose the kind of voting system they have in California so they hold power forever, effectively, or whether they try and stuff the Senate while they're stuffing the Supreme Court with liberal Democrats. That's tyranny, too. When the media in this country essentially speak with one voice and try to crush other voices by smearing other people, character assassinating them, dismissing them, mischaracterizing them, that's a form of tyranny, too. When big tech tries to put little tech, little entrepreneurs out of business by, again, character assassinating them, coming up with one pretext after another to try and destroy them, that's a form of tyranny, too. You and I, we're not practicing tyranny. We're not promoting tyranny. We ask questions. We make passionate arguments. We're not violent. We're not charging any buildings. We're not burning down stores. We're not attacking the cops. No, 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 no. When a few hundred or maybe a thousand people do that out of almost half a million, that's not us. And we don't cheer them on. We don't celebrate them. Whereas our media celebrate a certain kind of tyranny, 
a tyranny they agree with. A tyranny they agree with. I want to say this to Mitch McConnell. You don't just get to throw Donald Trump over the cliff and the people who supported him over the cliff by character assassinating 74 to 75 million people the way you just did. And it is shocking to me that the Republicans in the Senate put up with this. But he's responsible for the election of many of them. He runs the National Republican Senatorial Committee, which raises over $300,000 per contribution. Much of it is from big business, which is why he's the man of corporations. He's a corporatist. That's what he is. I look back at some of the articles and papers like the New York Times, which, of course, is the gold standard unless you're reporting on the Holocaust or the slaughter of the Ukrainians by Stalin. Carl Holsey. The headline is, Leading Republicans Move to Stamp Out Challenges from the Right. This is 2014. Mitch McConnell trying to destroy the Tea Party. This election season, Republicans led by Senator Mitch McConnell of Kentucky are taking a much harder line as they sense the majority within reach. Top congressional Republicans and their allies are challenging the advocacy groups head-on in an aggressive effort to undermine their credibility. They were smearing and besmirching the Tea Party. The goal is to deny them any Senate primary victories, cut into their fundraising, and diminish them as a future force in Republican politics. Quote, I think we're going to crush them everywhere, McConnell the Senate Republican leader said in an interview with the New York Times, referring to the network of activist organizations working against him and two incumbents in Kansas and Mississippi while engaging in a handful of other contests. I don't think they're going to have a single nominee anywhere in the country. So the Republican leader in the Senate reaches into one state after another, unprecedented, unparalleled, to try and elect Moderate to moderate to liberal to center, center-left Republicans who will support his effectively corporatist agenda. That's what he does. And he tried to destroy the Tea Party as he tries to destroy the law-abiding, tax-paying, hard-working Trump supporters. National Pubic Radio, NPR, November 2014. Senator Mitch McConnell's political life examined in the cynic, and they look at his political life. They look at a man who wrote about his political life. It's a book called The Cynic, The Political Education of Mitch McConnell. In the 1960s, McConnell was firmly pro-abortion rights, says McGillis, the author. In his first elected office in Louisville, Kentucky, as county executive in Louisville, he repeatedly snuffed out anti-abortion bills they were coming through his office. Didn't even let them come up for a vote or a hearing, he says. 1984, he barely won his Senate seat by fewer than 5,000 votes. There was no question what had happened, writes the author. McConnell had won basically on the coattails of Ronald Reagan. And he won this time on the coattails of Trump. But he was never a Reaganite. In 1976, he supported Ford over Reagan. And he had served in the Ford Justice Department as a Deputy Assistant Attorney General. I'm just telling you who we're dealing with. And he's now the longest serving by far Republican leader in the United States Senate. And I ask you this, why? Why? Isn't it time for him to move along like Fauci? Why? 
Isn't it time for somebody who can actually communicate with the American people? Mitch McConnell is, at bottom, a corporatist. That's what he is. And he has fought every conservative push in the last 15 years. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com. You see, if only Trump wouldn't have tweeted so much and he'd shown some humility and decency, if only he'd done that. Are they kidding? They wanted to impeach him 20 man- minutes after he's inaugurated? They put spies in his campaign? They were trashing him left and right during the campaign? During the transition, the mostly peaceful transition? I have to hear Dan Quayle on there saying, you know, the president should show up or somebody should show up so that we have peaceful transitions in this country. Well, we didn't have one in 2016. I can sure as hell tell you that. They never accepted him as the president of the United States. See, maybe they incited violence. Very insightful on the left. Very insightful at CNN and Chuck Todd and Stephanopoulos and the rest of the gaggle. They're still inciting. They got their boy. They got Biden. They were the Praetorian Guard. They dragged them through over the finish line. What do they want? They got their Schumer. They got their Pelosi. They even have their court. They can talk about 6'3 conservatives all they want. They sat on their quill pens up there in the Supreme Court. So why are they still attacking Trump and his supporters? We want unity. No, they don't. Remember what I said. They want conformity, not unity. Conformity as they continue to attack us under the Bill of Rights. That's right. I said it. And I mean it. And where are the civil libertarians? Where are the publishers? Whether they publish magazines, books, or newspapers. Where the hell are they? Where are the broadcasters? And their their, uh, boardrooms and their executives? Why aren't they speaking out for speech? All these executive orders, Joe Biden has ready to go. You get to pick your own gender. Not biology. He's got that ready to go. The bathroom. The bathroom and gym and the shower executive order. It's right on the top of the list there. He's got all kinds of executive orders. You bring back all the magnificence that was the Obama administration. 
big, centralized, crazy-ass government. Oh, yeah. He's ready to go. He's got a pen and a phone. No doubt he has an Obama phone. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin. Our number is 877-381-3811. I want you to hear what the president had to say in his farewell address today. I want you to compare it to what McConnell said. And uh, it was a terrific speech. Absolutely terrific. I also want to talk about the 1776 report that came out of the president's Advisory 1776 Commission, a fantastic scholarly report that's under vicious assault from the people who want unity, I mean conformity. So we'll get to all this. We even have, I've got a ton more, so I've got to keep moving here. But first, let's listen to the President of the United States, Cut 17 Go. My fellow Americans, four years ago we launched a great national effort to rebuild our country, to renew its spirit, and to restore the allegiance of this government to its citizens. In short, we embarked on a mission to make America great again for all Americans. As I conclude my term as the 45th President of the United States, I stand before you truly proud of what we have achieved together. We did what we came here to do, and so much more. This week, we inaugurate a new administration and pray for its success in keeping America safe and prosperous. We extend our best wishes, and we also want them to have luck, a very important word. I'd like to begin by thanking just a few of the amazing people who made our remarkable journey possible. First, let me express my overwhelming gratitude for the love and support of our spectacular First Lady, Melania. Let me also share my deepest appreciation to my daughter, Ivanka, my son-in-law, Jared, and to Baron, Don, Eric, Tiffany, and Lara. You fill my world with light and with joy. I also want to thank Vice President Mike Pence, his wonderful wife, Karen, and the entire Pence family. Thank you as well to my Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows, the dedicated members of the White House staff, and the Cabinet, and all of the incredible people across our administration who poured out their heart and soul to fight for America. I also want to take a moment to thank a truly exceptional group of people, the United States Secret Service. My family and I will forever be in your debt. My profound gratitude as well to everyone in the White House military office, the teams of Marine One and Air Force One, every member of the armed forces, and state and local law enforcement all across our country. Most of all, I want to thank the American people, 
To serve as your president has been an honor beyond description. Thank you for this extraordinary privilege. And that's what it is, a great privilege and a great honor. We must never forget that while Americans will always have our disagreements, we are a nation of incredible, decent, faithful, and peace-loving citizens who all want our country to thrive and flourish and be very, very successful and good. We are a truly magnificent nation. All Americans were horrified by the assault on our capital. Political violence is an attack on everything we cherish as Americans. It can never be tolerated. Now more than ever, we must unify around our shared values and rise above the partisan rancor and forge our common destiny. Four years ago, I came to Washington as the only true outsider ever to win the presidency. I had not spent my career as a politician, but as a builder looking at open skylines and imagining infinite possibilities. I ran for president because I knew there were towering new summits for America just waiting to be scaled. I knew the potential for our nation was boundless as long as we put America first. So I left behind my former life and stepped into a very difficult arena, but an arena nevertheless with all sorts of potential if properly done. America had given me so much and I wanted to give something back. Together with millions of hardworking patriots across this land, we built the greatest political movement in the history of our country. We also built the greatest economy in the history of the world. It was about America first because we all wanted to make America great again. We restored the principle that a nation exists to serve its citizens. Our agenda was not about right or left. It wasn't about Republican or Democrat but about the good of a nation, and that means the whole nation. With the support and prayers of the American people, we achieved more than anyone thought possible. Nobody thought we could even come close. We passed the largest package of tax cuts and reforms in American history. We slashed more job-killing regulations than any administration had ever done before. We fixed our broken trade deals, withdrew from the horrible Trans-Pacific Partnership and the impossible Paris Climate Accord, renegotiated the one-sided South Korea deal, and we replaced NAFTA with the groundbreaking USMCA, that's Mexico and Canada, a deal that's worked out very, very well. Also, and very importantly, we imposed historic and monumental tariffs on China, made a great new deal with China, but before the ink was even dry, we and the whole world got hit with the China virus. Our trade relationship was rapidly changing. Billions and billions of dollars were pouring into the U.S., but the virus forced us to go in a different direction. The whole world suffered, but America outperformed other countries economically because of our incredible economy and the economy that we built. Without the foundations and footings, it wouldn't have worked out this way. We wouldn't have some of the best numbers we've ever had. We also unlocked our energy resources and became the world's number one producer of oil and natural gas by far. Powered by these policies, we built the greatest economy in the history of the world. 
we reignited America's job creation and achieved record low unemployment for African Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, women, almost everyone. Income soared, wages boomed, the American dream was restored, and millions were lifted from poverty in just a few short years. It was a miracle. Stock market set one record after another with 148 stock market highs during this short period of time and boosted the retirements and pensions of hardworking citizens all across our nation. 401ks are at a level they've never been at before. We've never seen numbers like we've seen, and that's before the pandemic and after the pandemic. We rebuilt the American manufacturing base, opened up thousands of new factories, and brought back the beautiful phrase, made in the USA. To make life better for working families, we doubled the child tax credit and signed the largest ever expansion of funding for child care and development. We joined with the private sector to secure commitments to train more than 16 million American workers for the jobs of tomorrow. When our nation was hit with the terrible pandemic, we produced not one, but two vaccines with record-breaking speed, and more will quickly follow. They said it couldn't be done, but we did it. They called it a medical miracle, and that's what they're calling it right now, a medical miracle. Another administration would have taken three, four, five, maybe even up to 10 years to develop a vaccine. We did it in nine months. We grieve for every life lost, and we pledge in their memory to wipe out this horrible pandemic once and for all. When the virus took its brutal toll on the world's economy, we launched the fastest economic recovery our country has ever seen. We passed nearly $4 trillion in economic relief, saved or supported over 50 million jobs, and slashed the unemployment rate in half. These are numbers that our country has never seen before. I want you to keep in mind he did all this despite being under false criminal investigation, false unconstitutional pursuits for impeachment, and relentless attacks by the media and the never-Trumpers. Cut 18, go. We created choice and transparency in health care. Stood up to Big Pharma in so many ways, but especially in our effort to get favored nations clauses added, which will give us the lowest prescription drug prices anywhere in the world. We passed VA choice, VA accountability, right to try, and landmark criminal justice reform. We confirmed three new justices of the United States Supreme Court. We appointed nearly 300 federal judges to interpret our Constitution as written. For years, the American people pleaded with Washington to finally secure the nation's borders. I am pleased to say we answered that plea and achieved the most secure border in U.S. history. We have given our brave border agents and heroic ICE officers the tools they need to do their jobs better than they have ever done before and to enforce our laws and keep America safe. We proudly leave the next administration with the strongest and most robust border security measures ever put into place. This includes historic agreements with Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador, 
along with more than 450 miles of powerful new wall. We restored American strength at home and American leadership abroad. The world respects us again. Please don't lose that respect. We reclaimed our sovereignty by standing up for America at the United Nations and withdrawing from the one-sided global deals that never served our interests. And NATO countries are now paying hundreds of billions of dollars more than when I arrived just a few years ago. It was very unfair. We were paying the cost for the world. Now the world is helping us. And perhaps most importantly of all, with nearly $3 trillion, we fully rebuilt the American military, all made in the USA. We launched the first new branch of the United States Armed Forces in 75 years, the Space Force. And last spring, I stood at Kennedy Space Center in Florida and watched as American astronauts returned to space on American rockets for the first time in many, many years. We revitalized our alliances and rallied the nations of the world to stand up to China like never before. We obliterated the ISIS caliphate and ended the wretched life of its founder and leader, al-Baghdadi. We stood up to the oppressive Iranian regime and killed the world's top terrorist, Iranian butcher Qasem Soleimani. We recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and recognized Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights. As a result of our bold diplomacy and principled realism, we achieved a series of historic peace deals in the Middle East. Nobody believed it could happen. The Abraham Accords opened the doors to a future of peace and harmony, not violence and bloodshed. It is the dawn of a new Middle East, and we are bringing our soldiers home. I am especially proud to be the first president in decades who has started no new wars. Above all, we have reasserted the sacred idea that in America, the government answers to the people. Our guiding light, our North Star, our unwavering conviction has been that we are here to serve the noble, everyday citizens of America. Our allegiance is not to the special interests, corporations, or global entities. It's to our children, our citizens, and to our nation itself. As President, my top priority my constant concern has always been the best interests of American workers and American families. I did not seek the easiest course. By far, it was actually the most difficult. I did not seek the path that would get the least criticism. I took on the tough battles, the hardest fights, the most difficult choices, because that's what you elected me to do. Your needs were my first and last unyielding focus. This, I hope, will be our greatest legacy. Together, we put the American people back in charge of our country. We restored self-government. We restored the idea that in America, no one is forgotten because everyone matters and everyone has a voice. We fought for the principle that every citizen is entitled to equal dignity, equal treatment, and equal rights because we are all made equal by God. Everyone is entitled to be treated with respect, to have their voice heard, and to have their government listen. You are loyal to your country, and my administration was always loyal to you. We worked to build a country in which every citizen could find a great job 
and support their wonderful families. We fought for the communities where every American could be safe and schools where every child could learn. We promoted a culture where our laws would be upheld, our heroes honored, our history preserved, and law-abiding citizens are never taken for granted. Americans should take tremendous satisfaction in all that we have achieved together. It's incredible. Now, I'm playing this for you, and I'll play the remaining few minutes after the bottom of the hour, because if I don't play it, you'll never hear it. Most presidents, when they give a farewell address, the farewell address is played in full. You're not seeing that on television. I saw one young lady, I think her name is Fisher, reporting for Fox, said this is very unusual. You know, when a president says a farewell, it's usually a speech given in front of reporters and so forth. That's not true. Reagan didn't do that. And so they're kicking him and clawing at him even on the way out. It's really grotesque. I would say this. If we didn't have a CNN or an MSNBC in this country, if we didn't have a New York Times or Washington Post in this country but had all these other newspapers, local, regional, some national, this nation would be a lot more mentally healthy. A lot more mentally healthy. Because these neo-Marxists, statists, whatever they want to call themselves, or we call them, they drag this country into the sewer from beginning to end. I'll be right back. Lovin. Forty-nine percent of Americans say their top New Year's resolution is to save money in the next year. Well, let's check that box right now. When your family switches to Pure Talk from AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, you could save over $800 a year. That's real money every single month right back in your pocket. And you don't have to sacrifice coverage either. Pure Talk is on the same network as one of those big carriers, but they charge you half. That's right. No gimmicks, no fluff added to your bills, which is why Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs. And how about this offer? Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you a penny. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code LEVIN podcast l-e-v-i-n podcast and when you do you'll save 50 percent off your first month that's puretalkusa.com promo code levin podcast puretalkusa.com promo code levin podcast pure talk usa simply smarter wireless so after the break we will finish with donald trump's final uh, words in his uh, farewell speech Maybe we conservatives, you know, there are 74, 75 million of us who voted for Trump, and there's even more of us than that. Maybe it's time that we contact the services, the platform services that run CNN and MSNBC. Maybe it's time we turn on them and insist that they be deprogrammed, if you will, Maybe it's time we tell AT&T that owns CNN or Comcast that owns MSNBC and CNN. Maybe, and, uh, and uh, NBC. Maybe it's time we use our muscle and our clout and follow their agenda, ladies and gentlemen. And as I said, how can you have people on cable TV and people writing for the Washington Post, the New York Times, saying the things that they say about racism in America, about the founding of our country, about Republicans, about Trump supporters, and somehow they manage 
not to be accused of inciting insurrection, inciting BLM, inciting Antifa. That's enough of that, too, as far as I'm concerned. I'll be right back. conservative voice the mark levin show dial in now 877-381-3811 don't forget download my podcast platform don't forget download my podcast platform go to marklevinshow.com that's my big mothership uh, website you go to the home page and it'll explain how to do it right from there all right just have it in your back pocket You see what's going on with the attack on speech in this country. And you see what's happening with publishers like Simon & Schuster. And I want to congratulate Regnery Publishing for picking up Josh Howley's book. There's nothing controversial about his book. Nothing. The cowards out there. I want to congratulate the relative handful of media platforms who are standing up to this tyranny that is spreading like a cancer throughout the society. No, 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 it's not about unity. Remember what I said, it's about conformity. That's what Marxism is about, neo-Marxism, democratic socialism, progressivism, statism, CNN, MSNBC, Washington Post, New York Times. They hire hitmen and hitwomen. Their job is to character assassinate. And because of the Supreme Court's decision in the 1960s, they think that they are protected, they're immune. But they're not. While it's very, very difficult and complicated to bring a defamation suit as a public figure, it is not difficult to prove interference with your business activity. That is a tort, tortious interference with your contract, with your business, with your job. Trust me when I tell you we are monitoring very, very carefully what's going on out there. Got one piece here and in the Washington Post, which is doing it more than anybody else in my case, uh, by a guy by the name of Max Boot. Max Boot is a very confused, uh, really unhinged moron at this point. And so he literally cites Media Matters for America, a discredited left-wing Soros and other billionaire-funded organization, to try and discredit Fox. He says Fox called the election for Biden, but Fox newscast Host a uh, 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 doubt on the results of the election at least 774 times. And I'm thinking here, and how many times did the Democrats in the Washington Post and the New York Times and these cable networks raise doubts about Trump's election with Russia collusion? How does this incite something? According to NPR, why is there still an NPR? Why are we paying and subsidizing national public radio? Fox Business host Lou Dobbs said Trump's opponents in the government were guilty of treason. Gee, we never heard any of that from the left, have we? We didn't hear that from any congressmen. No, 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 no. Trump was guilty of treason and espionage. He was Hitler. He was Stalin. I guess Max Boot forgot about that. Fox News host Mark Levin told viewers, quote, if we don't fight on January 6th on the floor of the Senate and the House, and that is the joint meeting of Congress and these electors, then we are done. Hundreds of hours of broadcasting explaining exactly what I mean. That's what Media Meredith pulls out. With no context whatsoever. But it turns out I'm right. 
It turns out I'm right. Look at the growing tyranny in the media. Big media, big tech. Look at it. Look at the demand for conformity. Look at people losing their jobs, losing their businesses. And little old me brings up the Constitution of the United States. Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, which I've made famous. But you can't do that now, don't you understand? We need unity. Lenin would love this type of unity. Mao, Xi, love this type of unity. Yes, it's called tyranny, conformity. The pro-Trump insurrectionists were listening. The Post reports that Ashley Babbitt, who was killed in the attack, quote, was an avid viewer of Fox News. Praising Tucker Carlson and other far-right media personalities on the network, she derided their liberal targets. Just listen to the insanity, the unhinged insanity here. So Tucker Carlson's responsible? I'm responsible? Lou Dobbs is responsible? Do you see what they're saying on CNN? Brian Stelter? Jake Tapper? D. Lemon? Fredo Cuomo? Listen to these people. They're inciting violence left and right. Read the pages of the New York Times if you must. Inciting violence all the time. MSNBC, same thing. With the language they use. Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski inciting endlessly. And how do we know that they're barbs, they're character assassinations, they're trashing of people left and right and on and on and on. Didn't cause some people to flip out on January 6th. Trump's speech wasn't a speech about violence. He didn't tell them the charge. He didn't call them names. He didn't call them Hitler, the people on Capitol Hill. He didn't do any of that. He didn't say they were dictators. That's the language of MSNBC and CNN. That's the language of the Democrats. Even now. But they take no responsibility, none. None. Cumulus Media, one of America's largest talk radio companies, has ordered its hosts, who include some Fox News personalities, to stop spreading false claims of election fraud. You know, Cumulus really does have a duty to put out a statement at this point, I think. And say, that's enough. The Fox hosts, Mark Levin, Dan Bongino, sometimes Shapiro, they didn't get any memo. We didn't put out a memo to that. The Washington Post lied at the outset. Paul Fari. They won't write a correction, so every nitwit columnist and reporter for every nitwit news platform regurgitates it. My friend Dan Bongino said, I'll give $100,000 to anybody that can show I got the memo. I'll give a million dollars to anybody who can show that I got the memo. A million dollars. Because it never happened. I have a better idea. I have a better idea. They should give me a million dollars if I did get the memo. What's wrong with that, Mr. Producer? They should give me a million dollars if I got the memo. There was no memo to me or Bongino or Shapiro. Stop lying. Maybe you'll be inciting people. You never know. Record low mortgage rates make housing payments more affordable. It's a mouthful, but it's incredibly important. Because record low interest rates really do mean your house, the one you're living in right now, can cost you less. You just have to call American Financing. 
Take advantage of a free mortgage review. No pressure, no upfront fees. This is a really family-oriented business because they are owned by a family. Just a simple conversation around which loan programs may be a better fit. Because rates really are near historic lows, and chances are you can benefit. Now, there's some mortgage companies out there that say, we'll give you the lowest rate. Every or any mortgage company can give you the lowest rate. The point is, are they giving you the right loan? Is it personalized? Is it customized? Is the person on the other end of the phone listening to your needs? Do they know your situation financially? That's where American financing is different than all the rest. It's really the only mortgage company you should contact. They are absolutely the best. Mr. Producer used them and loves them. My daughter and son-in-law used them and loves them. I know this personally. It can mean up to $1,000 in monthly savings plus tens of thousands in long-term savings without starting your term over. You know what else? You may even be able to postpone two mortgage payments, creating even greater upfront savings. So don't put a refinance off any longer. Rates won't stay this low forever. Go to the best of the best. American Financing. 888-900-1828. They're there right now. 888-900-1828. That's 888-900-1828. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right, the last few minutes of the President's farewell address today. Cut 19, go. Now, as I leave the White House, I have been reflecting on the dangers that threaten the priceless inheritance we all share. As the world's most powerful nation, America faces constant threats and challenges from abroad. But the greatest danger we face is a loss of confidence in ourselves, a loss of confidence in our national greatness. A nation is only as strong as its spirit. We are only as dynamic as our pride. We are only as vibrant as the faith that beats in the hearts of our people. No nation can long thrive that loses faith in its own values, history, and heroes, for these are the very sources of our unity and our vitality. What has always allowed America to prevail and triumph over the great challenges of the past has been an unyielding and unashamed conviction in the nobility of our country and its unique purpose in history. We must never lose this conviction. We must never forsake our belief in America. The key to national greatness lies in sustaining and instilling our shared national identity. That means focusing on what we have in common, the heritage that we all share. At the center of this heritage is also a robust belief in free expression, free speech, and open debate. Only if we forget who we are and how we got here could we ever allow political censorship and blacklisting to take place in America. It's not even thinkable. Shutting down free and open debate violates our core values and most enduring traditions. In America, we don't insist on absolute conformity or enforce rigid orthodoxies and punitive speech codes. We just don't do that. America is not a timid nation of tame souls who need to be sheltered and protected from those with whom we disagree. That's not who we are. It will never be who we are. For nearly 250 years, in the face of every challenge, 
Americans have always summoned our unmatched courage, confidence, and fierce independence. These are the miraculous traits that once led millions of everyday citizens to set out across a wild continent and carve out a new life in the Great West. It was the same profound love of our God-given freedom that willed our soldiers into battle and our astronauts into space. As I think back on the past four years, one image rises in my mind above all others. Whenever I traveled all along the motorcade route, there were thousands and thousands of people. They came out with their families so that they could stand as we passed and proudly wave our great American flag. It never failed to deeply move me. I knew that they did not just come out to show their support of me. They came out to show me their support and love for our country. This is a republic of proud citizens who are united by our common conviction that America is the greatest nation in all of history. We are and must always be a land of hope, of light, and of glory to all the world. This is the precious inheritance that we must safeguard at every single turn. For the past four years, I have worked to do just that. From a great hall of Muslim leaders in Riyadh to a great square of Polish people in Warsaw, from the floor of the Korean Assembly to the podium at the United Nations General Assembly, and from the Forbidden City in Beijing to the shadow of Mount Rushmore, I fought for you, I fought for your family, I fought for our country. Above all, I fought for America and all it stands for, and that is safe, strong, proud, and free. Now, as I prepare to hand power over to a new administration at noon on Wednesday, I want you to know that the movement we started is only just beginning. There's never been anything like it. The belief that a nation must serve its citizens will not dwindle, but instead only grow stronger by the day. As long as the American people hold in their hearts deep and devoted love of country, then there is nothing that this nation cannot achieve. Our communities will flourish. Our people will be prosperous. Our traditions will be cherished. Our faith will be strong. And our future will be brighter than ever before. I go from this majestic place with a loyal and joyful heart, an optimistic spirit, and a supreme confidence that for our country and for our children, the best is yet to come. Thank you and farewell. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. That's a historic president. Historic. And I mean that in a very positive way. And now, the Biden era. Like, we don't know what that's all about. More big government, more bizarre social policies, more redistribution of wealth, more crushing of the private sector, more conformity. You better wear those damn masks, ladies and gentlemen. It's one thing to riot. If you riot, that's okay. Otherwise, you better wear those damn masks. We'll be right back. in. Forty-nine percent of Americans say their top New Year's resolution is to save money in the next year. Well, let's check that box right now. 
When your family switches to Pure Talk from AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, you could save over $800 a year. That's real money every single month right back in your pocket. And you don't have to sacrifice coverage either. Pure Talk is on the same network as one of those big carriers, but they charge you half. That's right. No gimmicks, no fluff added to your bills, which is why Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs. And how about this offer? Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you a penny. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Unity, ladies and gentlemen. So they're going to pursue Trump, and he's a private citizen, and hold an impeachment trial in the Senate. And the Never Trump is, of course, well, you know, doesn't say you can't. Well, of course you can't. It's all about unity, though, folks, don't you see? McConnell is going to work with the Democrats and the Biden administration to try and wipe out the Trump supporters, the way he tried to wipe out the Tea Party, because he's all about his own power. The fact is McConnell gets along great with Biden. They've known each other for decades. They worked for decades. They were dealmakers for decades, spending your money, passing laws left and right. It's Trump. They both can't stand Trump. And yet McConnell took great advantage of Trump. He got what he wanted for his people in Kentucky. He got his wife a job as Secretary of Transportation. But no, 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 McConnell, you know, we're supposed to believe is really a principled, upset guy at what took place. The man's been there over 13 years, the longest-serving Republican leader in American history. Why do we need him as the leader? Isn't it time for a fresh voice, a fresh face, somebody who can communicate with the American people rather than that gobble-gobble crap that comes out of his mouth? Big tech companies have a ton of power in our country. And as private entities, they can operate pretty much as they choose. Protect your personal data from big tech with the VPN I trust for my online, my own online protection, ExpressVPN. And this is more critical than ever, folks. When I use ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through their secure and encrypted servers. So these companies cannot see my IP address at all. My internet activity becomes anonymous and my network data is encrypted. I recommend ExpressVPN to anyone who uses the Internet so everyone can protect themselves. The best part is you don't need to be tech-savvy at all to use ExpressVPN. They've made it as simple as possible. Just download the app on your phone or computer, tap one button, and you're protected. Protect your Internet activity with the VPN I use every day. Visit ExpressVPN.com slash mark expressvpn.com slash mark and you'll also get three extra months free on a one-year package that's expressvpn.com slash mark to get three extra months free expressvpn.com slash mark you need to take your security seriously on the internet you need to deny these these uh, monopolies the power over your data which they use to enrich themselves we need to disengage. 
from the uh, from the tyranny and from the tyrants. And I'm serious. Maybe we need to deplatform CNN. Maybe we need to deplatform MSNBC. We need to push back. We need to push back. Maybe there needs to be a slew of lawsuits by broadcasters and others who are smeared by the New York Times and the Washington Post for tortious interference with your businesses, ladies and gentlemen. Whether it's a state lawsuit or a federal court lawsuit, defamation's too difficult for most. But there are other ways to do this. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building we've once again made contact with our leader Mark Levin Hello America Mark Levin here our number is 877-381-3811-877-381-3811 a fantastic report we put out by the President's Advisory 1776 Commission, the 1776 Report. And I read this report. Uh, My wife is one of the individuals on this commission. But there are other people on this commission, too. Uh, Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College, he was chair. Carol Swan, who you may know, was on Life, Liberty, and Levin. She was vice chair. Matt Spaulding, who's a brilliant scholar, executive director. Others, Phil Bryant, Mississippi's familiar with Phil. Jerry Davis, Michael Farris, terrific guy. Gayhart Gaines, terrific. John Gibbs, Mike Gonzalez, brilliant. Our buddy Victor Davis Hanson, brilliant is all I can say. Charles Kessler, brilliant. Peter Kersenow, brilliant. Tom Lindsay, Bob McEwen, Ned Ryan, Charlie Kirk. Ex-officio members, Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, Christopher Miller, Acting Secretary of Defense, David Bernhardt, Secretary of Interior, Ben Carson, Secretary of HUD, Mitchell Zayas, Acting Secretary of Education, Brooke Rollins, Assistant to the President for Domestic Policy, Doug Holscher, Assistant to the President for Intergovernmental Affairs, a really scholarly document explaining the Declaration of Independence, defending the American founding, but also addressing slavery and other events that took place in our history. You know, it's an amazing thing. No human being's perfect and no country's perfect. That doesn't mean we don't have great human beings who are imperfect or great countries that are imperfect. And America is the greatest country that was imperfect. So here are the headlines. This report was released, I believe, yesterday. Here are the headlines from the media, CNN. 1776 Commission Report, Trump Administration Issues Racist School Curriculum Report on Martin Luther King Day. What? Huffington Post, Trump Administration 1776 Report Justifies Slavery, Three-Fifths Compromise. New York Times, 
which pushes the 17, the uh, 1619 Hate America Project. Trump's 1776 report defends America's founding on the basis of slavery and blast progressivism. Another New York Times. Trump's 1776 commission critiques liberalism and report derided by historians. Washington Post. Trump's so-called patriotic education report excuses founding fathers for owning slaves and likens progressives to Mussolini. This is sick. Inciting violence, I think. Maybe even inciting insurrection. Let's see. Uh, New York Post. Trump 1776 and commission slams destructive scholarship and report. That's accurate. Fox. Trump. Uh, rebuts New York Times 1619 project with 1776 report urging schools to reject ideological poison. What's going on here? I'll tell you exactly what's going on here. The New York Times, Washington Post, and these other publications have writers that are, number one, constitutional and revolutionary war illiterates. Number two, hate America. Flat out, dripping hate America. And number three, hand their writings over to the same people who've been undermining this country for years, if not decades. So I want to encourage you, I think you can get it online, to read it yourself and maybe to show it to your kids because it's an excellent piece of scholarship. The seventh, It's on my website, marklevinshow.com. We link to it right there. Go to marklevinshow.com. It's the 1776 report. The President's Advisory 1776 Commission. You will see nothing like this come out of the Biden administration because he wants us all to unite around the Hate America First agenda. If the media think they can threaten and intimidate me not to confront the Biden administration and their agenda, they have another thing coming. I, they have another thing coming. I'm going to resist neo-Marxism. I'm going to resist the, the unhinged insanity of their social agenda. I'm going to resist open borders. I'm going to resist the war on the cops that's coming. I'm going to resist the war on our economy. I'm going to resist it all, nonviolently, without calling Biden Hitler, Stalin, or Mussolini, like they did with my president. And will somebody please explain to me how you can impeach Donald Trump with that phony impeachment the other week for inciting an insurrection when he did no such thing when the words out of the vice president-elect's mouth in August on Stephen Colbert did in fact incite riots and violence? How do they get away with this? I'll tell you how. With a mental midget like Mitch McConnell and his phalanx of losers and reprobates. Now, why do they want to chase down Donald Trump in the private sector at Mar-a-Lago to have an impeachment trial? Why do they want to do that? A friend of mine sent me an email, and he told me why, which kind of underscores the obvious, but I hadn't really thought about it. Because Donald Trump was a great success, and they don't want him back. He shook them up. They didn't want him in the first place. They tried to get rid of him in the second place. And now they don't want him back. 
they don't like that movement. They prefer when the Republicans and the Democrats get along and pushing the Democrat agenda, which is exactly what's going to happen thanks to Romney and Sass and Murkowski and Collins and the other jokes and losers. And the other jokes and losers. But we'll continue to confront it right here and now, nonviolently, legitimately, and civilly, which is all we ever do. It's the other side that's violent on the radio and on TV and even their comedians. Kimmel, Kimmel and Bits, and Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert's brother is a lawyer in Washington. I understand he's a very nice man. I think his name is Comp, Thomas Colbert. He doesn't go by Colbert. He goes by Colbert. You get my drift? Oh, Colbert. Yeah, right. All right. So that's some of the stuff that's going on out there as well. Um, there's no point in going to Washington, D.C. First of all, why would you celebrate a Biden presidency? Did they celebrate a Trump presidency? No, they rioted. Does anybody remember that, Mr. Producer? There were riots. There was violence. There was arson. There were attacks on cops during Trump's inauguration. That's, you know, the peaceful transfer of power. Forty or fifty Democrat House members refused to show up. And now they say Donald Trump's really snubbing Biden. He should show up. They're trying to try him after he leaves office, and Donald Trump should show up. He should show up after what that city did to Donald Trump, after what Washington, D.C., that city did to Donald Trump, every damn corner of it, from Capitol Hill to the bureaucracy to the media, all unleashed against this man, and he should show up. Of course we believe in a peaceful transfer of power. It's the Democrats. The Democrats who wouldn't accept Trump's election. Listen to Hillary Clinton. That woman is definitely a mental case. You know, uh, Nancy, she's talking to Pelosi today on the Hillary Clinton podcast, for God's sakes. And she's telling Pelosi, we need to get the phone records on Jan January 6th with Trump to see if he, if he was conspiring with Putin. You are mentally ill. If this, if men, They're still with the Putin stuff. But that doesn't incite a thing. No, 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 no. Trump, they kept saying, was an illegitimate president. Pelosi, Schumer, their members, he was illegitimate. He relied on Putin. He's a spy for the Russians. He committed treason. He committed sedition. But none of that incited anybody, right? He should go to prison. He should be indicted. There's a secret indictment. His tax, everything, everything, everything. Unbelievable. And the left takes responsibility for nothing. And now, and now the, the Stalinist type of the left, Stalin, who the Washington Post, ladies and gentlemen, excuse me, could have been the Washington Post, but in this case, the New York Times was a mouthpiece for Joseph Stalin for years. For 12 years or more, when they had their man, Walter Durante, in Moscow, who was on Stalin's payroll. Stalin gave him a girlfriend who he impregnated. 
Stalin gave him a car. Stalin gave him a feast, all the food he wanted to eat. This guy's writing propaganda for Stalin. The New York Times editors are not quite comfortable with it, but they're printing it. They're printing it. While Stalin is slaughtering millions of Ukrainians, they're printing the propaganda. I don't think Fox News would do that. Do you, Mr. Producer? No, I don't. I don't think Parler would tolerate that. Do you, Mr. Producer? No, I don't think so. And yet, look what's going on with Apple. Apple makes hundreds of billions of dollars, multi-billions of dollars, with Chinese labor. Wow, I'm sure they're getting $15 an hour over there in China, aren't you, Mr. Producer? Oh, yeah, yeah. Those poor Muslims who have been enslaved, I'm sure they're getting $15 an hour, no question about it. What we should be doing is cutting off Apple and condemning Apple. Because Apple tolerates genocide. So does Nike. So do professional sports. So do the Democrats. So do the media. I'll be right back. Mark AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. By the way, Mitch McConnell, you know why we lost those two states in Georgia? It had nothing to do with Trump. Purdue and Leffler were lousy candidates. They had, like, no emotion. Purdue, just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, despite repeated offers, refused to come on my radio show or on Life, Liberty, and Levin. Leffler, near the end of her campaign, the last two to three weeks, refused to come on the show, too. They thought they had it wrapped up, which, of course, they did not. But I have a challenge out there for Ben Sass and Mitch McConnell and all those Trump-hating senators. I have, a, I have a proposal to make. Why don't you voluntarily figure out, and you can ask the voters, how many of you are Trump supporters and voters who voted for me? And then we can deduct them out and see if you would have won. Let's see if you would have won without the Trump supporters and the Trump voters. This is what these clowns on Capitol Hill do not get and never will. War on the Tea Party. War on the Trump supporters. And this is why they're losers. Anyway, I want to talk to Alam Bakhari. Hope I pronounced that correctly. Really a fantastic book I noticed on the Federalist website. Deleted Big Tech's Battle to Erase the Trump Movement and Steal the Election. 
I hope I pronounced your name correctly. How are you? Hi, Mark. Great to be on. Uh, yes, you, uh, you you got it. Um, uh, but yes, this this book I, uh, I I published it in September uh, 2020, a month or so before the election, and uh, unfortunately, this whole tech censorship thing has been more like watching an avalanche in slow motion. You can see what's going to happen, but you can't stop it. And yet, you kind of knew it was coming. How did you know? Well, I've been covering this topic for about five years, uh, since 2015, uh, as a tech reporter for Breitbart News. And uh, I think what we saw back then before tech censorship was a really big issue was that the Internet was the greatest platform for free speech that ever existed. But we also had a new generation of uh, far-left activists emerging that were more hostile to free speech than ever before. So it was inevitable that those two trends would come into conflict. And that was really just supercharged after Trump won the election in 2016. And the book isn't just, you know, my opinion. It's also, it's also, um, it also includes interviews with whistleblowers inside the Silicon Valley companies, inside Google, inside Twitter and Facebook, all of whom said that as soon as Trump won, there was complete panic in Silicon Valley. What do we do? And how do we stop it? from happening again. That and and by the way, panic the in Silicon Valley with big tech, panic in big media in Manhattan and Washington, all kinds of panic. So the Democrats in these operations, whether it's Chuck Todd or George Stephanopoulos, Jake Tapper, all the rest, they went into full attack mode from the moment this man, not with just a candidate, but was elected, didn't they? That's absolutely correct. And one of the points I try and get across in the book is how all of these forces work together, not just big tech, but the media and the politicians on the Democratic side also pressure in big tech to censor President Trump, to censor his movement, as well as you know, extremely well-funded NGOs, uh, the deep state. All of these forces recognize uh, the, the danger of allowing a free and open internet, of allowing alternative conservative media to compete on an equal playing field with the mainstream media. It's not really violence, is it? They're painting with an awfully broad brush people who've never been violent in their lives. Uh, politicians they disagree with, they claim they're inciting violence and so forth. They have no proof, no evidence, in many cases, no connection whatsoever. This is just a crackdown on competition and a crackdown on speech by the tyrannical left, isn't it? That's right, and um, CNN is actually taking this to, uh, to to new heights. Not enough that they've censored President Trump, the first uh, world leader to be banned on all of these platforms. Now they're pressuring the cable companies to deplatform Newsmax and OAN. They're pressuring uh, the app stores. They pressure the app stores to get rid of Parler, which is an alternative free speech-oriented social network. Uh, you have the Anti-Defamation League writing letters to the Justice Department asking for a criminal lawsuit against Gab.com, another free speech-oriented social network. Uh, you know, all of these competitors have zero tolerance for violence, uh, much like Twitter and Facebook say they do, but they get uh, deplatformed to a much greater extent. The thing to understand here is that there's no universal standards. There's plenty of incitement to violence, criminal behavior on Twitter and on Facebook, but they aren't treated the same way as uh, as the alternative platform because they're part of the club. They're with the agenda, they're with the anti-Trump agenda. They did everything they could to stop him winning re-election, and they're going to be let off the hook. So we have a situation here where the news media not only help expose this and report on this, they're part of it. The Praetorian Guard media, I've been calling them for years. You now have big tech, 
You have the Democrat Party in bed with both. It's very difficult to confront this, isn't it? Yes, and this is going to be the story. This is going to be a really terrifying trend we'll see over the next few years because with the Democrats now in charge of the Senate, in charge of the House, in charge of the White House, we're going to see the unsexed corporate power of big tech, which was frightening enough under Trump, merging with the power of the federal government. Joe Biden is already appointing uh, Silicon Valley executives to his transition team. He's going to use the power of the state to press for even more censorship, and he's already in the process of smearing wide swathes of the American public as domestic extremists or domestic terrorists. So it's very clear what direction he's going to go. He, uh, I, I just, before we, before we go, I want people to know they can get your book on Amazon, I assume. Isn't that correct? That is right. It's Alam Bakari. The book is deleted. The book is deleted. I would strongly encourage you to get it. Sorry, the music means I got to go. Thank you very much, my friend. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Conservative and proud of it. Call the Mark Levin Show at 877-381-3811. There's a new member of Congress. I think he was like an assistant principal in New York City. Representative Jamal Bowman. I could be wrong, but I think he beat Elliot Engel. Elliot! Elliot! Anyway, here he is on MSLSD yesterday. Again, these news platforms are the platforms that are spreading hate and, in my view, incitement. And MSNBC is among the worst. Jamal Bowman, cut four, go. You know, but this is a chance for all of us in Congress to sort of begin at a new baseline and stop spreading the myth of American exceptionalism and accept the fact that this is exactly who we are and this is exactly who we've been throughout our country's history. Whenever there's social progress, there's white backlash, particularly from the people who believe that this needs to remain a white dominant nation, and they are afraid of the multiracial democracy that we are becoming. Right after we send our first African-American and Jewish senators in Georgia to the Senate, right after that, the day after, we have an attack on the Capitol. This is a new baseline, and now we have to deal with the issue of white nationalism seriously in police departments, but also throughout all of America's institutions. Ah, there you go. He's not inciting anything. Not Black Lives Matter, not Antifa, nothing. Nothing. What an unhinged, perverse position. And yet, 
It is the position of MSNBC and CNN day in and day out. I'll give you another position of MSNBC and CNN day in and day out. And by the way, Chuck Todd and the other reprobates. Here's Rashida Talib, one of the great anti-Semites in the United States Congress. Cut 11, go. I mean, I think it's really important to understand Israel as a racist state uh, and that they would uh, deny um, Palestinians like my grandmother access to a vaccine, that they don't believe that she's an equal human being that deserves to live, deserves to be able to be protected by this global pandemic. Um, and, and it's really hard to watch as this apartheid state continues to uh, deny their own neighbors, uh, the people that breathe the same air they breathe. Uh, that live in the same communities. You could put a settlement wherever you want, but on the other side of that wall is a farm community, a village where my grandmother lives. Uh, and many of oh, our. Oh, I'm so, 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 so nice are the Palestinians to the Jews. So nice is Abbas to the Jews and Hamas to the Jews. And this crap goes on television day in and day out without any context whatsoever of the Palestinian terrorist states that surround the state of Israel. That Israel wants peace and has now made peace with five Muslim Arab countries. And even those countries have had enough of the Palestinian movement. This Palestinian people are put down by their governments. Their governments never stand for real elections. These are totalitarian regimes. She won't tell you that Abbas's family and close-knit group of friends run the entire economy, the Palestinian economy. They are in all-powerful positions, and they run everything, and they make a fortune. She won't tell you that. But what about that? Is she inciting hatred to Jews, ladies and gentlemen? Wow. Now, here's Chuck Todd on MSNBC today. Chuck Todd shouldn't be hosting anything other than maybe a maitre d' at a restaurant somewhere. But, of course, restaurants aren't open anymore in many parts of the country. Chuck Todd is an imbecile and a Democrat activist. So why put him in charge of Meet the Press, which he's destroyed? And he's bouncing around between NBC and MSNBC like a ping-pong ball. But he's stupid on both networks. So he knows nothing. Nothing about 1776 and the Declaration of Independence. We've asked this clown to come on my program repeatedly. He's always too busy. He's too busy. Cut 14, go. Hey, I know one of the things we asked you to do was to talk to some students at Howard to see if they had any reaction to that thing that the White House put out yesterday. That see, the White House put out a thing. This is a newsman. And to ask students, did the students read the report? And why are you going to Howard? Well, it's a mostly black university. But you see how he thinks he's stereotyping. Because truthfully, on the left, they're bigots. He's stereotyping. Well, it's Trump. It's the 1776. Let's go to blacks at Howard University and see what they think. Is he inciting? Chuck Todd, I think he is inciting, actually. He's inciting hate. Go ahead. Called 1776. 
very quickly, Tremaine. I'm about to go to Joe Biden. Uh, I think, <laughs> yeah, Chuck, we talked to a, a political science professor who said, you know what, it's really just a response to 1619, and that is really based in a fiction, a hypocrisy of America, that is, there's no possible way to disentangle enslavement to the founding of this country. But on Martin Luther King Day, the last, as the door is closing, yeah. to present this kind of shoddily slapdash kind of uh, false history, it's a shock to, to, to no one, quite frankly, because they've been on this for quite some time, Chuck. Well, it's both a shock, and yet, I, sadly, I don't think we were surprised. What? Do you notice how this works? Chuck Todd didn't discuss any aspect of this report. Trimaine Lee didn't discuss any aspect of this report. It's all platitudes. It's a fiction, hypocrisy of America that there's no way to disentangle slavery and so forth. Look, there's no way to disentangle slavery from the Democrat Party. But apparently we have. So more incitement on MSNBC by Chuck Todd. Incitement. Hate. Racial tension. Remember what I read to you the other day? From Weaver? Remember what I read to you about what the media require? The media want... The media want divisive uh, uh, politics. The media want constant fighting. The media constantly pick at scabs. The media don't want to inform. They want the exact thing that they claim they don't want. Disunity. Disunity. They are a disgusting disgrace. They are a cancer in the body politic of this country. They really are. And nobody exposed them better than Donald Trump. And they are exposed forever. Forever. And they should be. How awful. How awful is this? Now, CNN, Anderson Cooper, who's a clown, brings in Max Boot, who's a clown, to talk about going after Fox News and how to destroy Fox News. This is where we are. Cut 16, go. They also, I mean, not only furthered the big lie, uh, people like Maria Bartiroma there and Tucker Carlson and Sean So Kennedy. again, he's using a Goebbels Nazi reference. No incitement there, though, to describe Hannity, Carlson, and Bartiroma. The big lie, you see. Was well, it a big lie, Anderson Cooper, that they changed the law in Pennsylvania, in Georgia, in Michigan, and Wisconsin in violation of the Constitution, Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2? No, that's not a big lie. That's a fact, you moron. The big lie was you and the clowns on that network, among others, peddling Russia collusion. That's the big lie. Go ahead. They also built up January 6th as, as if it was some day of reckoning. Day of reckoning. Well, it is a day of reckoning. That's the day you count. And if there are issues that you wish to raise, I mean, the Republican legislatures in those states have got to get their laws back or you're never going to elect a Republican president. And that's what they want. That is what they want. But that is a constitutional problem. But no, 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 you're inciting. No, you're inciting. The things you're saying about other people, the guests that you're bringing on, the outrageous things that pass as news on your pathetic CNN and MSNBC and NBC. 
so far I've played just a couple of clips. There's a zillion of them about racism and white supremacy, trashing tens of millions of Americans. Without consequence, of course. There is no policing of these networks. So we need to do it to them what they want to do to us. Deplatform them. Deplatform them. And I have a challenge to Apple. To Mr. Cook. Will Apple pledge no iPhones will be built by any genocidal regimes? That's all. Simple pledge, Mr. Cook. You won't hear it on the Today Show or Good Morning America or CBS, whatever they call it. Just a simple pledge, Mr. Cook. Will Apple pledge not to build any devices, including iPhones, in a genocidal regime? That's all. It's simple. Yes or no? Because I know Parla doesn't have any anything built in genocidal regimes. And Mr. Producer, remember when that Bernie Sanders supporter went to Alexandria, Virginia at that baseball game? The congressional baseball came and shot up the field. Remember he almost killed Steve Scalise? And he was going after Republicans. He was shooting at them. Remember Rand Paul? Poor Rand Paul. I've been thinking about this. Shot at on a baseball field. Attacked by his neighbor. And attacked by Black Lives Matter as he's leaving as a Republican uh, at the Republican convention on the White House lawn. Poor Rand Paul. <laughs> it's terrible. Remember how everybody said, no, 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 Bernie. We don't blame Bernie. Despite the fact that he hates America, attacks America, calls America unequal, barbaric, and we don't do this, everybody else does. Bernie pounding and pounding and pounding. And one of his supporters goes to the Alexandria, Virginia baseball game and shoots Republicans. And Bernie, no, it's not Bernie. He didn't incite any. The guy's a nut. He's a nut. Bernie didn't incite any. Well, maybe Bernie did incite. Maybe Bernie did incite violence. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. You know, the people Biden wants to nominate are so lousy as a group, so lousy, so radical, so second tier. It's just incredible. Deputy Secretary of Education believes white teachers should be indoctrinated about the problems with their whiteness. I mean, what, what is this? 
um, one of the people he wants for a top position at HHS was the uh, person in charge of COVID, you know, response in Pennsylvania, who did the same thing Cuomo did, putting COVID-positive patients in nursing homes. It, it's like, give me a list of every radical kook you can think of. And that's what's happening. And they want a speedy uh, confirmation of his people, particularly in the national security. Or I watched a report, I forget the Chad, what is the guy's name? On Fox. Is it Pergram? And he was talking about how, uh, you know, four of uh, Trump's people were quickly uh, confirmed. Are you kidding me? We had acting this and acting that all over the Trump government. Unless it was Kelly or Mattis or somebody like that. We had an acting Department of uh, Homeland Security guy forever. We've had acting. I mean, it just went on and on and on because Schumer decided to hold it up. You remember? But no, Biden wants unity. We got to hurry up. Hurry up. Get them through. Get them through as fast as you can. We need to get the Iran deal back. We need to sell out to China again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to open our borders. Come on. We got to get these people approved as fast as we can or the nation's going to be in trouble. Even saw my friend Fred Flights up there said, look, we, we should confirm these people. It's the Biden government. Oh, all of a sudden, checks and balances, uh, all that stuff in the Constitution about confirmation. Okay, just let it go. Let's all be Lindsey Grant. No, no, no. They never, they never fight back like they have been hit before. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. Kamala Harris will walk right into that vice president's office. Nobody will say a word about her incitement. No, 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 no. She can't possibly incite. We should be monitoring, I think our friends at MRC Newsbusters will, all the hate speech, all the incitement, all the rest that's going on in big media today, starting with the New York Times and the Washington Post, CNN and MSNBC, Chuck Todd, George Stephanopoulos, other reprobates, other Democrats dressed up as phony journalists. We need to hear the incitement from Fredo Cuomo and D. Lemon. It needs to be published and put out there. Absolutely. And Jake Tapper, a.k.a. Fake Tapper, and Wolf Blitzer. Blitzer. Isn't he like part of the uh, reindeer? But that's a whole other story. And over there at MSLSD, we got to listen carefully to Sharpton and the morning Schmo and Mrs. Schmo and how they incite hate and potentially violence. Our media in America. And then we need to see how do they exist? Who's providing them with platforms? Who's providing them with the cable service they need to run their programs? We need to look into that too, ladies and gentlemen. Where are the printing presses and the printing places for the uh, New York Times and the Washington Post? We need, to, we need to stop them from getting on the Internet, too. We need to do to them what they do to Parler, don't you think? Now, Mark, you're inciting. No, they're inciting. I'm just talking. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, which is why they would love to see me hit by a bus. See you tomorrow, hopefully. Have a great night. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.